Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I'm your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually with our guest scorekeeper, Lucas Hauser. How are you doing today, Lucas? I'm doing great. I'm very excited to scorekeep for this one. Yes. Um, it just so happens that this is a very intense family affair. Uh, Lucas's brother and father are contestants on this episode. And it just so happens that this episode is also um, being released the day before Thanksgiving. And so we're accidentally going to inject a lot of strife into their um, Thanksgiving dinner. So apologies for that, but hopefully it'll work out okay anyway. So let's meet our contestants today. First, we have John. Great to be here. Lucky to be back. Proud to be back. Thank you for having me. Of course. And we also have Matthew. First, I'd like to say I'm not sure if that timing before Thanksgiving is entirely incidental. And secondly, I'm trying to decide right now whether uh, I would be better off, uh, you know, winning this one or uh, being able to come home for Thanksgiving. It's something that's been on my mind. Mm, that is a very important consideration. Well, we'll it's find out clear. over the next 40 minutes. Pretty clear to me, but... So we can assume Matthew. that if you lose, it was intentional, right? That's what that's what we're coming away with here. Yeah, he exactly. Has a, he has the built-in excuse. Yeah, yeah, setting yourself up already. <laughs> well, as with all of our uh, regular episodes, we'll have four rounds of questions today, each with a slightly different format. And so without further ado, Lucas will explain the rules for round one. Round one is our first general knowledge round consisting of five multiple choice questions for each player. Correct answers are worth 10 points each. Alrighty, John, you are up first. Are you ready? I am, let's do it. Question one, which of the following people in the entertainment industry was an FBI informant who reported on activities of others suspected of political subversion in Hollywood? A, Walt Disney, B, James Cagney, or C, Marsha Hunt? Hmm. I know there were a lot of FBI informants back in those days in Hollywood, um, but um, I'm not I'm not familiar with these three. So it's going to be just a guess. I'll say uh, James Cagney. It was actually Walt Disney. Um, uh, and he was an informant apparently from 1941 through his death in 1966. In return for his cooperation, J. Edgar Hoover let Disney film at the FBI headquarters. Very nice. Question two. Sal Amezkua is most famous for customizing what clothing accessory for professional athletes? A, baseball gloves, B, basketball shoes, or C, goalie masks? I'm gonna um, go with baseball gloves. It's actually basketball shoes. Um, Amezkua, um, often called Kickstradamus within the basketball community, has lent his services to many NBA players with some teams even working directly with him to customize all of their players' shoes. Yeah. For the record, I absolutely had that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Easy to say. Easy to say. Yeah. Question three. It's very easy to say. <laughs> Question three. In what state is the newest national park located? A, Alaska, B, Utah, or C, West Virginia? It's hmm. another good one. Um, I know Utah was one of the last states admitted, so that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Utah. It's actually West Virginia, interestingly enough. The New River Gorge National Park was designated in 2021. Not to be confused, as Lucas pointed out in his explanation, with Mushroom Gorge, the Mario Kart Wii waste <laughs> racetrack. So that, I believe, is in Utah. 
So common misconception. Question four. All of the following are amino acids except which one? A, tritophan, B, guanine, or C, valine? Hmm. I'd like to say this is an epically bad start to my um, tea over trivia. Um, uh, how about guanine? I got to get one of them right. That's correct. Yes, it was guanine. And finally, question five. What British general was the head of all allied ground forces during the Battle of Normandy? A, Herbert Lumsden, B, Bernard Montgomery, or C, Harold Alexander? All right. Well, this is a layup. Uh, that would be Montgomery. That's correct. Yes. Other notable battles for Montgomery include the Second Battle of Al uh, El Alamein. All righty, Matthew, are you ready for your five questions? Absolutely. So long as the questions are like significantly easier. Okay. Well, we'll see. Question one, which planet in our solar system has the most moons? A, Jupiter, B, Neptune, or C, Saturn? I believe it is Jupiter. It's actually Saturn. Saturn has the most moons of any planet with 53 confirmed. Duh. Question two. In 2018, Billboard put together a list of the 100 most popular songs ever played on the radio since 1958. Which song was not in the top three? A, Smooth by Santana, featuring Rob Thomas from 1999. B, The Twist by Chubby Checker from 1960. Or C, Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson, featuring Bruno Mars from 2015. Mm, this is really hard, but... I'm going with Uptown Funk. That's correct. The song appeared as number four. Mac the Knife, sung by Bobby Darren, was number three on the list. Mac the Knife, of course, is from the Three Penny Opera by Kirk Vile. Question three. For 30 years, Robert Mugabe was the president of what African nation? A, Zimbabwe, B, Zambia, or C, Botswana? Uh, he was the, I believe, first president of Zimbabwe. He was actually second, the second president, but he was there for a long time, yes, but of Zimbabwe. Uh, he resigned in 2017 amid Zimbabwe's coup d'etat and was replaced by the current president. What happens if you overextend and you give more information that happens to be wrong, like Matthew did? Uh, well, um, he's, he's still got the right answer. So, and still got the question right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Trying, trying to be a show off. There's yeah. just... I, it was like, you know, sometimes you go for like extra knowledge and sometimes you, you don't, don't get have, it right. You don't have extra knowledge. Right. <laughs> but you, you no still have to go knowledge. for it. This is all about clout. It, it is really all about clout and who knows the most. So that's what this tournament is all about. Who knows the most? It's going to be the subtitle of it now. Question four. In 1578, Yurij Dalmatin translated the Bible into what westernmost South Slavic language? A, Macedonian, B, Slovenian, or C, Serbo-Croatian? Okay, so this is, I feel like a geography question as much as it is like a fact question. And it was written by Mason, if you can believe that. No, that's that stuns me that, <laughs> yeah, this feels like a Mason question. I will go with what was the exact term for the Croatian language? Slavo-Croatian? Ser uh, Serbo-Croatian. I'll go with Serbo-Croatian. One in three chance here. It was actually Slovenian. Uh, while his translation was completed in 1578, it wouldn't be published until 1583. 
That was a good guess, though, because um, his last name, Dalmatin, there's the Dalmatian coast in Croatia. Um, That's what I was going off yeah, of. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good guess. I, I also knew the uh, 1583 fact, just to let you know. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And finally, question five. According to USGA rules, how many clubs can a golfer carry in their bag during a round? A, 10, B, 14, or C, 18? I'm going off uh, watching the movie Tin Cup. I think it's 10, but low confidence in that one. Well, it's not 10. John? Oh, sorry, I'm not, you, you don't get the answer. Uh, the answer is 14. Uh, B, there are no restrictions on the type of clubs you may carry, however, so you can carry multiple putters or a combination of left and right-handed clubs, if you so desire, so long as you have no more than 14. Well, that's the end of round one. So, Lucas, can you please give us a score update? We are all tied up. It is 20 to 20 entering round two. Before we get to the audience question today, I need to say that last week, one of the round two categories, which was about the end of World War I, those questions were actually written by my father, whom I failed to credit on last week's episodes. So thank you, Dad, and sorry for not giving you credit. My bad. All right, so now on to the audience question. Last week's question was, founded in 1864, what university located in Washington, D.C. was the first school for the advanced education of the deaf and hard of hearing? And the answer to that is Gallaudet University. It is officially bilingual, with American Sign Language and written English used for instruction, and a small number of hearing students are admitted each year. And many thanks to Heidi Parker Combs, who once again wrote in with the correct answer, and so Heidi will be receiving a sticker, which we are very hopeful we will be able to show you on our various social media in the next week. So remember to write in with your answer to the audience question so that you too may win a very special Trivia Over Tea sticker. So here is this week's question in honor of the fact that tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Abraham Lincoln set the standard that Thanksgiving be celebrated on the last Thursday in November. But what president, in a year in which November had five Thursdays, declared the holiday would be on the fourth or next to last Thursday in November, hoping that extending the Christmas shopping season would help boost the economy. So, what president did that? Send me your answers, and I will announce the correct answer next week, and whoever will win the sticker. Alrighty, and now it is time for round two. So, Lucas, can you please explain the rules? Yeah, round two consists of five questions directed to each player on the same topic. Correct answers here are worth 20 points. If a player gets a question wrong, their opponent will have the chance to answer for 10 points. Alrighty, John, you're up first. You're, uh, well, both of you are going to get questions about a famous person born on November 24th. Uh, John, your person is Oscar Robertson, who was born November 24th, 1938. So are you ready? Yes. Alrighty, question one. Graduating from Crispus Attucks High School, Robertson was named what state's Mr. Basketball in 1964, the oldest such award in the nation? Mm, Oscar Robertson. Um, I got a one in 50 chance. 
Um, so let's say California. No, it wasn't California, Matthew. Okay, so I have a one in 49 chance. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Michigan. Closer. Um, it was Indiana. The award has been has recognized the top high school basketball player in Indiana since 1939. And now other states have a Mr. Basketball Award, but Indiana was the first state to have a Mr. Basketball. Question two. Robertson co-captained the 1960 U.S. men's Olympic basketball team along with what other future Hall of Famer who had just been drafted out of West Virginia University? Um, is that uh, Wilt Chamberlain? No, it wasn't Wilt. Matthew? Uh, my knowledge of NBA history is quite atrocious, so I think I'll just pass on this one. This was Jerry West. The team, uh, dubbed the greatest assemblage of players up to that point, cruised to the gold medal in the Rome games. Question three. Robertson's lone NBA Finals victory came in 1971 as a member of what team for whom he played for the last four years of his career? Um, well, let's see. 1971. Who was winning NBA titles in 1971? Yeah, um, it's going a little bit far back for me, but um, I'll say the, um, uh, I will say the uh, 76ers. No, it wasn't the 76ers. Matthew? Um, it's a shot in the dark. Uh, I'll say the Celtics. No, interestingly enough, this was the Milwaukee Bucks, and it had been the Bucks' only championship until this year when they beat the Phoenix Suns in the 2021 NBA Finals. Question four. Robertson was not the only future Hall of Famer on that Bucks team. The finals MVP that year went to what second year player who would later win five championships with the Los Angeles Lakers? Sorry, can you repeat the very last part of the question again? Yeah. Um, uh, so the finals MB MVP that year went to what second year player who would later win five championships with the Los Angeles Lakers? Oh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? That's correct. He played right. his first six seasons with the Bucks, overlapping with Robertson for four of them. Other Hall of Famers from that finals were Bob Dandridge, Wes Unseld, Earl Monroe, and Gus Johnson. Salvaged a question out of that one. Yeah. And finally, question five. You may get one more. In addition to Milwaukee, Robertson's number is retired by what current franchise, which was in Cincinnati when Robertson played for them? Um, is, that the, is that the Cincinnati Royals? Um, yeah, but what's the current name of the? Oh, where what are they? Where are they currently, and what are they called? Where currently? did the Royals go? Is the question. Um, where did they go? I don't know the answer to that one. Um, I'm gonna say. Um, all right, I know this is not good airtime for you, Matthew Cook. I'm gonna say um, the 76ers again. No, not the 76ers. It's okay. I can edit all this out later. <laughs> all right, uh, Matthew, do you know? No, but I'm going to give an answer. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. I'm going to go with uh, the Cincinnati Royals absolutely moved to become, let's see here. You were so confident in the windup. <laughs> I was very confident in the windup. Uh, but, you know, sometimes uh, you're, you have a good windup and then like you don't throw a pitch for like a minute or two and like the audience is booing you. That's like kind of what's happening here right now. I'm going to say the Washington Wizards. No, um, the the current name of this team is Royal Adjacent. Uh, it is the Sacramento Kings. Uh, 
So Robertson was drafted by the Cincinnati Royals in 1960, and the team moved to Kansas City in 1972, and they changed their name to the Kings to avoid confusion with the baseball team. And they finally moved to Sacramento in 1985. All righty, Matthew, your famous November 24th birthday is former president Zachary Taylor, who was born November 24th, 1784. So are you ready? Absolutely. Okay. Question one. Entering the public eye as an army general, Taylor earned what nickname for his successes in the Second Seminole War? I'm trying to remember. It's old something. Uh, I'm going to go with old public functionary. I know that's not right, but that is a presidential nickname. Yes, and I don't remember whose that is, um, but but yes, no, that's not correct. Um, uh, John? <laughs> um, old Hickory? No, it wasn't old Hickory. That's that's Andrew Jackson. This Got is it. old rough and ready. Mm. Lucas, it looks like you're you're furiously trying to figure out who Yeah, the old public functionary is James Buchanan, who we could argue ah. what while old did not function the public all that well. Um it it can be argued, yes. Um that, that seems to be fitting. So thank you for that. Yes, it was old rough and ready was Zachary Taylor's nickname. Question two. Taylor became a national hero for his role in what war following the 1845 annexation of Texas? This was the Mexican-American War. That's correct. Notable victories for him include the Battle of Palo Alto and the Battle of Buena Vista. Question three. Even though Taylor considered himself an independent, he won the 1848 presidential election as a nominee for what party, the main opposition party to the Democrats in the mid-1800s? Uh, this would be the Whigs. That's correct. William Henry Harrison was also a Whig president. Henry Clay was another notable Whig. He sought the presidency his whole career, but always fell short, most notably losing the 1844 election to James K. Polk. The party collapsed in the mid-1850s with its members dispersing to the nativist and anti-Catholic know-nothings, as well as the newly formed Republican Party. Question four. One of the key events of Taylor's presidency was what compromise brokered by Senators Henry Clay and Stephen Douglas that had provisions that provided for popular sovereignty to determine whether each new territory would allow slavery, set Texas's western and northern borders, included the fugitive slave law, and banned the slave trade in Washington, D.C. I think the proper name for it is the Compromise of 1850. That's correct. Taylor died before the proposals were passed through Congress, and the issue of slavery in new territories was again addressed by the Kansas-Nebraska Act in 1854. And finally, question five. Taylor died in office on July 9, 1850, and was succeeded by what then vice president, who was the first president born in the 1800s? I think John Tyler was the first one to succeed, but I think he succeeded Harrison I am going to go with uh, Millard Fillmore. That's correct. It was Millard Fillmore. He would not secure the renomination from the Whigs in 1852 and thus only served a partial term. Well, that's the end of round two. So Lucas, can you please give us a score update? Matthew is opening up a lead, but it's still anyone's game from here. At the end of round two, Matthew leads 100 to 40. Mm, Thanksgiving's looking a little bit in doubt right now. Yeah, I can't keep this up if I <laughs> want to sit at the table. Well, the kids' table for you, Matthew.
now it is time for question three. So, Lucas, can you please explain the rules? Round three is our second general knowledge round. There will be five questions for each player, and correct answers are now worth 30 points. Like in round two, if a player gets a question wrong, their opponent will have the chance to give the correct answer for 15 points. All righty. John, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, question one. The Kennedy Expressway, extending from downtown Chicago to O'Hare, is made up of I-190 and portions of I-90 and what other interstate highway? That would be I-94. That's correct. In the Mayfair neighborhood, I-94 splits off of the Kennedy Expressway and continues north as the Edens Expressway. Question two. Aired on Thanksgiving Day 1983, a notable Sesame Street episode dealt with the death of what curmudgeonly proprietor, one of the original four human characters on the series? That was it. Um, I don't think he was curmudgeonly, but the only one, the only proprietor I can remember is like Mr. Hooper. But well, that's how, think... that's how he was described when I looked him up, because uh, um, I didn't know who he was. But yes, that it, that's the correct answer is Mr. Hooper. Oh, okay. So All right. maybe, maybe I'll need to... <laughs> maybe i'll need to do a, a, a recantment of my question but but that's watch that the episode I, I i did watch the episode um but of course he's dead so he's not in the episode um but the actor who played mr hooper uh will lee died in 1982 and the writers decided that instead of saying that mr hooper had moved away the show would create an episode in which they would teach their young audience about the topic of death and it is said to have set the standard for dealing with difficult topics on children's television i actually do remember that so apologies if I mischaracterized him as curmudgeonly because um, no I, no I, I was not alive in the uh, early <laughs> 80s to uh, see him on TV. Question three. In 2004, the central square of the Noah Huta district of Krakow, which was named after Vladimir Lenin, was renamed after what U.S. president? Um, George H.W. Bush. No, not him. Matthew? What year was this renamed again? 2004. Uh, I'll go with uh, Franklin Roosevelt. It was renamed after Ronald Reagan. The renaming of the square has been controversial within the city, and many still refer to it by its original name. Question four. What is the shape of a DNA molecule? Um, a helix. What kind of helix? A spiral. Yeah. But what's it called? <laughs> you, you're, you're a, he, helix is the second word. Um, what kind of helix? I don't know. I'm only going to get halfway there. I don't know. Okay. Do we give him half credit for this one? Or is yeah, this I a... think I, I, yeah, because I think the first word is important. Um, yeah, we can give you half credit, Matthew. Do you know what the what it's really? The first called? word is double, double yeah. helix. Double helix. Yeah. So maybe you each I'd like at least point. five points for that. So yeah, so maybe quarter credit for for Matthew. So that's what seven and a half points. You'll be the first person with a half a point. Yeah, I think that's um, appropriate. Yeah, and then half credit for for John. This is a moment of trivia over tea history. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is an important milestone for us. DNA has a specifically shaped structure called a double helix, which looks like a twisted ladder. And finally, question five. What Beatles drummer was dismissed from the band in 1962 before they hired Ringo Starr? Yeah, the fifth Beatle, um, but I don't remember his name. Okay. Matthew? Barack Obama. Uh, no, it was not Barack Obama. 
pretty sure he was one year old um, in 1962. This was Pete, which Best. is why he was such a bad drummer. <laughs> That's true. Uh, this is Pete Best. John George and Paul later expressed regret at the manner in which Best was sacked. It has never been fully explained exactly why the dismissal took place, but band chemistry in general was a major factor. Alrighty, Matthew, are you ready for your five questions? I'm ready for a grand slam. That is at least getting one right. Okay. Well, we'll see. Question one. What is the only interstate highway on Michigan's Upper Peninsula? The only... Oh, that would be I-75. That's correct. It crosses the Straits of Mackinac via the Mackinac Bridge, connecting the state's, the state's upper and lower peninsulas. Question two. What element has the symbol SN? SN. Um, no idea. I'll go with uh, San Franciscium. Uh, no. John. Um, SN. Nope. Okay. This is an irregular one. This is tin. There you go. Yeah. That's it. Question three. In April 2021, the California State Water Board issued a cease and desist order against what large company's infamous bottled water division? Which company? Uh, <laughs> we'll go with uh, Dasani. No, it wasn't them. John? Um. Evian. No, this is Nestle. No. Nestle has been fighting the order ever since it was issued. Question four. On November 24th, 1859, Charles Darwin published what book that is considered to be the foundation of evolutionary biology? Isn't it something like Origin of the Species? That's my guess. Yeah, I think that's probably close enough. It's on the Origin of Species. Mm. But say we give it to him yeah i think that's close enough um included in the book was evidence that darwin collected um that darwin collected while on his boy voyage aboard the beagle and finally question five who was the first president elected under the rules of the 12th amendment which has governed all subsequent presidential elections would this be uh oh wait 12th amendment okay uh would this be uh, Thomas Jefferson's second election? That is exactly right, Thomas Jefferson in 1804. Prior to that, the Electoral College cast votes for president and vice president without distinction made between the votes for the two positions. This was in response to the 1796 election in which political opponents, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, were elected as president and vice president, respectively. Well, that's the end of round three. So, Lucas, can you please give us a score update? Matthew continues to hold a lead at, here at the end of round three with 197 and a half points <laughs> to John's 115 points. All righty, now it is time for round four. So, Lucas, can you please explain the rules? Round four is our showdown. The two players will be asked to write their answers to the same three questions. Correct answers are now worth 40 points. All righty. John, Matthew, are you ready? Based on my prior performance, clearly I am. Okay. Yes. I'm ready to get at least three and a half more points to get myself up to a nice, like, round 200. Well, it would be two and a half, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice round 201. Yes. <laughs> All righty. Question one. Francis Scott Key wrote The Star-Spangled Banner while observing the British attack on Baltimore's Fort McHenry in what year? 1815. Wait, hold, hold on, hold on. We have to wait for math. We have, everybody's got to lock in their answer. Okay. John, your answer is? 1815. Okay. Matthew? Mine is 1814. It's 1814. Yeah. It was during the, the War of 1812. And Key was being held on a British ship in Baltimore Harbor as he was attempting to secure the release of an American physician who was held by the British. The flag in question, which is notable for having 15 stars and 15 stripes, is on display at the Smithsonian National Museum of American History in Washington, D.C. Question two. Which African nation is estimated to have the highest nominal GDP on the continent? All righty, John, what is your answer? Uh, South Africa. Matthew? I went with uh, Egypt. It's actually Nigeria. The World Bank estimate for 2020 uh, for Nigeria is 432 million US dollars. Second was Egypt at 363 million, and third was South Africa at 301 million. And finally, question three. What Dutch explorer was the first European to visit New Zealand. All righty, John, what is your answer? Dick Van Dyke. Okay, Matthew? Uh, let's see, Todd Gack. <laughs> Some great Dutch names in there, but um, unfortunately neither of them are correct. This is Abel Tasman. <laughs> he cited the South Island on December 13th, 1642 and Dutch cartographers named the land after the Zeeland province in the Netherlands. And you know, Tasman, he also went by the name Todd Gack, like he lived Todd a double Gack to life. His friends. Todd yes. Gack to his friends, yeah. Yeah, well, unfortunately that wasn't included in the research that I, that I did. Um, You're not getting another half point out of this, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll get you, yeah, we can get you up to 199.9 or something, I don't know. But no, no, no partial credit for you. Uh, yeah, Abel Tasman was his name. And of course, um, he is the namesake of Tasmania, the, the island state of Australia. Well, that is the end of the game. So, Lucas, can you please give us the final score? Yep, Matthew brings home the trophy today with 237.5 points, a record for weirdest score. And John leaves here with 115 points. Well, congratulations, Matthew. You have won and you have advanced to the semifinals. Do you have anything that you would like to say? I'd just like to say my victory is probably a mistake and I'll be thinking about what I just did for a little while at the kids' table this Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to have to update us on uh, on how Thanksgiving goes now that now that we've had this brutal, brutal smackdown here. Can um, Trivia Over Tea provide uh, indefinite like housing and food uh, for possibly uh, the Thanksgiving period? Um, I don't think that's quite in our operating budget, our operating budget of zero dollars and zero cents. Um, but, uh, but if you call Mason, I'm sure that he can have you stay with him in his dorm in Los Angeles if you can get yourself there. That's a very enticing offer. I may just have to take it up. All right. That sounds worse than being at the kids' table. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> That's our show for this week, folks. Thank you, John and Matthew, for being on the show today, as well as Lucas Hauser for being our scorekeeper and Mason Cook for composing the music. 
Today's questions were written by Sophie Wolbert, Caitlin Fick, Lucas Hauser, Mason Cook, and yours truly. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. And check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and our Twitter account at Trivia Over Tea. And feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have our fourth quarterfinal match and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you next week. My suggestion is to make this best of three this round instead of sudden death. Okay, well, that would require a tournament of uh, the entire year, I think. (laughs) (laughs) 